You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session seven. Oh, I love this session. I think this is a really, really helpful mix of what it looks like to adapt and to evolve as things change and to sometimes have to be reactive in business and then also a lot of the mindset stuff around that, right? So we're talking about permission to be imperfect, we're talking about pricing, and so much more. I think this session will serve you all greatly and I hope that you enjoy it. All right, what's going on? Hi. Well, I booked a discovery call. Yay! <laughs> so, I saw that. I'm so excited for you. Really excited. And um it just like it gave me I don't know, it gave me like a burst of energy to and sort of helped me get over the hump of um posting the stories finally. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so that was really it was good. It was sort of like Great, I already got one of the five that I wanted to book per month. So let's keep going and let's keep doing this. So that was that was really exciting and helpful to see. And it's it's always nice when it feels a little bit effortless to book a discovery yeah, call. Totally. <laughs> so then it makes doing the work to book the discovery call a little bit easier. Like, okay, well, if I can book one without doing much of anything, then <laughs> I can definitely book one book more by posting and getting on stories. Absolutely. And I think what's interesting there too is like, it also makes you feel like that's how fast it can happen, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's such a good reminder. Like, we're almost like, oh, it doesn't matter what I do today, but it's like, it actually does matter what I do today. Okay, so what I love is seeing how fast things can happen and turn around. That's why I love sharing the behind the scenes journey with you guys, because it's just so easy to make up a lot of stories in our head. But when we see like, oh, wow, that happened really fast for someone else or whatever, we can build evidence by seeing that behind the scenes and seeing that like, yeah, things can turn around when we put in the effort. So Rachel booked that discovery call. And it's like, this is, you know, a week where she was able to show up a little bit more fully and really had a message she wanted to share and get out there. And then like that, a discovery call gets booked, right? And so just remembering in business that it can feel like things are hard or you're struggling or it's far away and that can change in a day, right? So important reminder, so excited for Rachel and the same can be true for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. I think, you know, I, I remembered that when I was doing value-centered sales and showed up more consistently and how easy it felt then, but then it sort of like forgot how easy mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt with all this time in between. And so, so yeah, that was really nice to, to see that evidence too. So good. Okay. So tell me, um, you mentioned that, uh, I guess, is it the discovery call and a, a free call or just the discovery call? I wasn't totally sure about that. 
So that one was actually just a discovery call. So this one isn't really the free call. So the free call, I I just started pushing on stories yesterday and then plan to do so again today and tomorrow. I can't even remember what day it is, but Thursday. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll be pushing those out um, the rest of the week to book more of that, um, the free call, the look at your money call. Okay, perfect. So that'll be good to to get that out there and hopefully start booking some of those. And then, you know, I had, I have had on my to-do list to follow up with my cold, my warm cold leads, (laughs) the ones that I had talked to at the end of last year, and it hasn't gotten done yet. And then, of course, the world started Getting more complicated and yeah. didn't feel like the right time to reach out the past week. Certainly last week was not the right time to reach out. But now that now that we're sort of getting in a new normal and new groove, I really do want to reach out to those folks. And I'm thinking of we had talked about offering the free call, which I think is timely, especially as this week I'm sort of framing it up in that lens of, you know, looking at your money so you can determine how you can how you can help how you can donate and give so but then i also don't want to do it in a way that seems sleazy or like i'm trying to capitalize on on the situation of the world either well i think those are separate things like your the yeah. call you're offering isn't about how to give uh-huh. do you know what i'm saying yeah yeah that's true that would be that would be weirder <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> It's okay that that's separate content. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And so it's really just like those are separate things. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I can put out great content to help people with this, but mm-hmm. my call is about helping them with something totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell me in terms of showing up, like I know you were saying that that – like you're, you want to and you're feeling the fire more than ever, but it's also feeling a little hard in different ways. Yeah, I mean, there's part of it is sort of the, I think I put this in my questionnaire, part of it's just the like physical fatigue of being pregnant is making it hard. And I had been trying to get up earlier so that I could really devote time in the mornings to Blissful Budget. And it just hasn't been happening this week. And I find myself falling into the old pattern of like, just getting up and getting out of bed and jumping into PR work right away. And but at least I'm noticing it this totally. time and like it's only been a few couple days of it. So <laughs> I'm noticing the pattern and like, okay, what can I do to change this? So there's sort of just that that hump. But then also, I think even w- with my content this week, I've sort of been taking it day by day to kind of feel through, okay, what actually feels good and right to post today? Versus in the past when I would have the content plan and and be following it and write everything out the week before and then have it posted ready to go. So I think that makes stories a little more challenging and showing up in that space because each day is kind of like, okay, well, I know generally what I'm talking about, like this week was all about giving so and different ways to do that and 
and I have the content in my head. It's just been like, okay, it feels good to post this today. I'm going to go ahead and do it. And then I'll do my stories. So then, you know, I think that's why it took till Wednesday to finally get on stories also, because I was, I'm still sort of feeling like I want to show up. I just don't know how in the best way until like I can evaluate what's going on that day. But I'm hoping that, you know, this week I really, especially with the VA on board now, I really want to start handing her content that she can post and, and getting thing, getting back on the schedule. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that it can be a little bit of both, if that makes sense. Meaning like, I think that, mm-hmm. yeah, like it's, been a, an interesting couple of weeks that we've all had to adapt to in totally new ways. And so giving yourself permission to adapt is really important there without making that wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we're almost quick to be like, oh my gosh, I totally got off my schedule and I totally screwed it up. And it's like, or I did the exact right thing, which is like I pivoted, mm-hmm. I adapted, I put my attention where it needed to go. I focused on the thing that was important that week. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does. That makes me feel better about it all too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's no way for us not to be reactive sometimes in business. Mm-hmm. And it's just knowing that you can't always label that as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like last week, genuinely and in, and very uh, rightfully so, demanded us to be reactive, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean reactive in the sense of, like, a negative way, but in the sense of, like, something happened in our world and this is an important conversation we need to have, right? So this is actually something that came up with a lot of my clients during this time period is, you know, why it's sometimes okay to be reactive in our business and why that's a good thing to let yourself do that sometimes and to let yourself adapt. So... In terms of the context of this, again, we're talking about a time period in which the murder of George Floyd on May 25th had happened not all that long ago in this very, very, very important time to learn and to be in conversation and to be speaking out what's happening. And so naturally and rightfully so, we are going to have to be reactive, right? Just like when the pandemic hit and all of that came out. That was maybe one of the most reactive weeks in my business in terms of making sure that we were adapting to what was happening. And then same with the conversation happening here, right? Like it is sometimes very relevant to react to what's happening in our world. And that doesn't make us bad business owners. That makes us great leaders, right? And so sometimes we put ourselves on this really, really, really difficult or in this really difficult place where we think like, I should have it together all the time and I should never be reactive and I should always have it, you know, down to a science and perfect and whatever. And I just totally do not want any of you to put yourself in that position where you're holding yourself to that standard. Sometimes we absolutely will have to be reactive in business. And if it is for the right reasons, as of course this is, that's okay. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It means you're getting it right. But here's the thing. When we have those systems and structures and habits set up, it allows us to react quicker and faster because we have the foundation. 
right? And so that's why those are important, but it doesn't mean because we have those that we never have to react or adapt. It just means it's a little bit easier if we have that foundation set. So permission here, permission to adapt, permission to react, because these things need and require our response. And that's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean you're a bad business owner. I promise you, it means you're doing important work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it didn't make any sense last week to show up as if nothing was going on right. and as if it was business as usual. So almost like giving yourself credit, like I'm so proud of myself that I was able to adapt, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Instead mm-hmm. of like oh man, I like screwed it up last week because I, like nobody could have been prepped for that. So just don't give yourself that hard of a time. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, But that doesn't mean that you don't get back on it either. So I think Mm -hmm. that's just helpful to see like I got it right last week by being more reactive and adaptive and I'm going to get it right these next few weeks by getting back into a pattern. Does that feel Mm -hmm. true when I say it like that? Yeah, that does. That feels good. So like both are both can be right, I guess is the point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of getting up, is it possible that we just need to rework the schedule where you're not doing content first thing in the morning? Or does that feel like if I don't do it, it just won't get done? Or what comes up for you there? I don't know. I think I think if I carve out the time and I put it on my calendar, it'll get done, whether or not it's in the morning or or sometime during the day. It's just I have to block the time off or else it won't get done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what I found with, with everything in this in this business. Um and nighttime's not great either. So I don't definitely don't want to push it to the end of the day. But if it's like midday, I take a break and this is my time to write content. I think that could be really helpful. I would definitely experiment with that. I mean, I think that something really helpful to remember is like just giving your, it's almost the same conversation we just had in in a sense, Mm -hmm. which is like giving yourself permission to adapt as the situation calls for it. Mm -hmm. Like you're Mm -hmm. about to be in your third trimester. The situation is maybe calling for you to sleep in, right? (laughs) Right. So you guys know I'm a huge calendar person, but I just want to be so clear that it is okay to rework the calendar as much or as often as you need to, to make it work for you, right? Some people can take the calendar concept and then almost become like this version of themselves that feel like they have to follow it no matter what and forget that they're actually in charge of the calendar. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm not necessarily saying Rachel's doing that, but I've definitely seen that a lot before where we almost feel like now the calendar is in charge of us instead of the other way around, right? So it is totally fine and appropriate and encouraged to rework the calendar when you need to, but the key is making sure there is still a spot for what matters in that calendar, right? That's the key. So it doesn't matter if it happens at 7 a.m. or noon, it just matters, is there a space for this thing that matters and is really important to me? That's the thing that matters. So really keep that in mind with yourself. It doesn't mean that as life changes or as schedules change or as things adapt with your kids or your family or your business that you're not gonna ever have to rework the calendar. You'll probably have to rework it often. But as long as there is still space for the things that are your priorities and for the things that are important to you, that's what truly matters. So keep that in mind. Right, yeah, definitely. 
I have the pregnancy insomnia too, which is a lot of fun. Uh. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's like I'll I'll be up in the middle of the night for a few hours, and then we'll finally fall asleep, and then it'll be time to get up. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely I need that to give myself that permission to adapt because I just don't know how nights are going to go. And, you know, I've thought about, well, if I'm up in the middle of the night, maybe I should just write content then, but I haven't been motivated (laughs) to do so yet, you know, and also I don't think that's the best time for me. That's not really when I'm in the zone. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a no to that. Right. Unless like for whatever reason, it just feels like epically wonderful. But like, I think that's not a habit you want to get in almost like you really do (laughs) want to figure out how blissful budget can fit in your day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you kind of relegate it to just fitting in at night, then you're going to almost like get too entrenched in that story. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. So does it feel good to do the midday thing? Like what comes up for you there? Yeah, midday feels good and um and I feel like with our schedule now since the family is all at home anyway during this time, we usually have lunch and then put my daughter down for a nap and then that's like a couple quiet hours. Mm-hmm. So taking taking a little chunk of hour of that is feels good cuz there aren't many other distractions and and usually clients are quieter at that time, too, because it's around lunchtime and they're all off doing their own thing. So, hmm Okay. Cool. I love that. And again, just good to, like, keep giving yourself permission there where it's like, of course, you're still going to do it. It's just, like, permission to do it differently or to change it whenever you need to. You know what I mean? hmm Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of content-wise and messaging-wise, tell me what's coming up for you there. Um, you said like for, for the calls and for, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I could tell your brain was like, we're totally processing. A little Um, yeah. So I guess one thing is I've totally neglected an email list. Like I have one, I, I haven't even looked at my metrics for the past maybe month and a half. So I have no idea how many people I even have on my email list because it just hasn't been a priority. So I there's the piece of wanting to restart that. But then also with these these past folks that I've gotten on the phone, it's just, you know, how how to reach out to them, how to follow up in in a way that feels good without I don't know. I don't know what to do. Honestly, I'm sort of at a loss for even like the email to them of like, Hey, it's been a while since we talked and it feels, I want to be genuine and sincere and authentic in those notes. I don't know. I just, it feel, I feel like there's, there's something in my way there of like, Mm-hmm. Every time I sit down to do it, which is why it's taken me so long to do it. It's like every time I sit down <laughs> to reach out to them and I'll I'll just be like, I don't even know what to say. Mm-hmm. Okay, so two separate things then, right? Kind of one yeah. is like how do we re-engage the email list? And then the second one is like reaching out to the warm slash cold. <laughs> yeah. Leads, right. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so in terms of reaching out to them, what what comes up when you go to do it? Like, I know you're saying, like, I just don't know what I would say, but, like, can you take me a little deeper in that thought process? Like, mm-hmm. is it, like, because I don't want them to think I'm being spammy or because I don't want it to be weird? Or, like, what's the thought or the worry that comes up then? Yeah, I don't want it to look like I'm being spammy. It's been a long time since I've talked to some of them, and so – there's just that like almost embarrassment, I guess, of of having had calls with them and having followed up in the past and then having this really long time pass. I think I feel I feel weird about that. Just like I don't know, that there was this big this big pause. <laughs> so it's sort of like, do I need to explain the big pause and what was going mm-hmm. on? Or do I just keep it more casual? Like, it's been a long time since we talked and I wanted to check in and here's what I'm offering now, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what I would say. Like, my initial reaction would be like, you totally don't have to give an explanation. Mm-hmm. However, if that's the part that's feeling weird to you, sometimes it's worth just giving it so you don't feel weird. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we almost have to do what we can do for ourselves to, like, bypass those things. You know what I'm saying? So it's, like, if the mm-hmm. thing that feels super weird for you is that there's no acknowledgement or explanation for why it's been so long, then if you can give that and it makes you feel a lot better to send it, that's kind of worth it. Do you see what I mean there? hmm Yeah. Yeah. What comes up for you there? Are you like, oh, I don't want to give it? Or does that feel better? I don't know. I was sort of thinking, like, of writing two different emails, one where I give it and one where I don't, and then seeing which one feels better. Mm-hmm, totally. So. And I think there's like a, you know, there might even be a middle ground there where it's like mm-hmm. you give it, but it doesn't have to be this like <laughs> right. intense thing. It's just like life has been, you know, crazy with with quarantine and with everything going on in the world. And so it's been a while and I wanted to follow up. Like, you know what I mean? It can be mm-hmm. very. Yeah. Not a big deal kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That feels good. I think, um, I feel like I have to say something about it, but yeah, not, not necessarily tell my life story about it. <laughs> yeah. What feels like your like reason in your mind that you would give? I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with, with what you said, you know, how, how crazy it's been the past few months and getting used to quarantine and and all of that um and I think it's been crazy for everybody so I'm sure that they can relate to that I don't know it's like I don't want to go into too much of like oh I took a pause from my business but maybe I should I don't know because because there was that too at the beginning of the year or at the end of last year when I I took a little pause but and then got back into it Listen, I think that um, there's something really uh, freeing for you in sharing some of that stuff. Just like we saw Mm -hmm. when you had that kind of like, what did we call it? The week of. Oh, yeah. Like confession week. Confession week. (laughs) Exactly. And you felt like so free after that. And so it's almost like this is more for you than it is for them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. That it might just feel good to say that. Like, hey, yeah. like I kind of took a pause and then all this crazy stuff happened. I'm sure, you know, you're feeling the weight of all of this too. Just wanting to follow back up, you know, and just yeah. like 
it could be two sentences. Yeah. But you're going to feel so much freedom in that because, like, you can really see how, like, the more you lean into that, the better it's feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I feel like explaining it like that is good because I'm I'm letting them know what happened without getting into all the gory details of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you're feeling like, I don't have anything to hide, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not like, oh, I don't want to say that I took a break. Like, it's like, of course I can say that. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. more you, like, prove that to yourself over and over, the better. Yeah. Yeah. That feels good. That's really true. And it's funny because some of the people that I'm following up with I know have had sort of similar experiences. I've just seen it in the content that they're posting. So, Mm. you know, I think it's relatable too, which is good. Yeah, it's so funny, right? Like just how like the thing that scares you the most is also the thing that your people tend to relate to the most. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) Right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because I've definitely seen that with that whole confession week post and posts, uh, which was really scary to go out there and be like, I'm in debt right now, you know, but the the feedback was so great. And so people really resonated with that content. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I feel like we're all kind of going through a similar uh, experience right now with everything that's going on. So I think it's definitely relatable. Well, and how beautiful to just be able to fully own that for for you too. Like mm-hmm. it's so relatable for them. But for you, then it's not like, oh, I have to, you know, make that seem better than it is or hide it or feel weird about it. It's like the more you just put it all out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the more that you feel better, the more they have the chance to relate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, so true. good. Okay, cool. Um, so, I mean, obviously you can send those to me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will. Okay. Tell me about the um, putting out the calls. Does everything feel good about that or is there anything coming up for you there? It feels good. I feel like I need to write out more of the offering. I think I have like a sentence written so far. And so I feel like I need to um, kind of go through that exercise of, of putting together my bullet points for exactly what they'll get from that call. Because I found myself on stories yesterday when I went on, like, re-recording the video three times before (laughs) I posted it because I would start to talk about it and then realize like, oh, I don't think this is exactly what I want to convey. So I think we had like a sentence or two written for it, but I really want to go through and and kind of put together like if I was going to put this as a post, what would I say or are the bullets of what people will get out of it? Yeah, I think that's really important. And that also makes it a lot easier for you then to create the content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so another thing that you had said was pricing. Oh, yeah. The other thing with reaching out to some of these folks that I talked to in 2019, I... I don't know if I should be offering them like, hey, since we spoke last year, you can get in on my 2019 pricing because I did raise my prices this month. And so I don't know. I mean, I've seen people do that before. I didn't know if that was the right 
<laughs> right thing to do. Um, but it also kind of helps me think about the folks that I'm following up with and sort of look at, try to remember what the conversations were with them and what some of those money objections were too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what I would say is this, like, I think that that's almost not a relevant initial conversation. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, like, I don't think that's something you want to lead with. Like, you're more leading with, like, hey, let's get on this free call. Yeah. Yeah. And then if on the call that's a question they ask, Mm -hmm. that's certainly something you could consider. But I don't think it's necessarily something that you need to make a thing or lead with because – you certainly didn't make any promises related to that. And it really isn't right. going to be the sticking point. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So sometimes like we can we can think about it in terms of creating urgency. But I think here it's almost like I, I don't know that it would create enough urgency for it to be worth it to go back six months. Do you know what I right. mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a really good edge and lesson – for you that you're going to be leaning into as you do these calls is I can overcome the money objection. People are willing to pay that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So if you almost go in with that in mind of like, oh, I'm going to offer them these old prices, you're kind of mind-fucking yourself in a way. That's so true. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, I know you're right, but I don't want to. Oh, you're right. It's totally what what I'm doing. Because even thinking about it, it, it's like, oh, well, I could offer them my old prices, and then it would seem more affordable. And then, you know, I think it's my brain's way of trying to avoid (laughs) the money objection, which is still going to come up no matter what I would charge them. Um, It's always going to come up. So... A good question in situations like that is, like, where is my growth here? Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. You know, and so for this answer, it's like your growth is totally in holding your price point right now. Yeah. So a really good question to ask yourself in business is where is my growth here? So with the pricing piece with Rachel, we know that her tendency is to caretake and to feel like she doesn't want to push anyone around money in any way, right? And so we know that in her wanting to give last year's pricing, it's not really about the pricing, right? You know, it's about that caretaking. And so being able to go, where is my growth here? Well, her growth is so obviously in not giving the old price point and totally staying true to what her price is right now. It doesn't mean that she's going back on her word. It's just that if she's following up with old leads that she hasn't talked to for months since her price raised, of course it's appropriate to hold the price point that you have now. So really asking yourself in situations like that, where is my growth here? will help you make a business decision that really moves you forward, but is also strategic, right? Because if she made that decision based on wanting to caretake and like went back with like a lower price point for everybody, that is not necessarily a strategic decision in her business at all. That is an order to be a caretaker, right? And so that question can serve you in a lot of ways and a lot of circumstances. So that's just a little hack for you to use when you're kind of feeling that pull to do something that you know is probably an old pattern. Asking yourself, where is my growth here is super, super useful. It is. It is. And like, it's not that different. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, price-wise, right? Like, I think that's just something helpful to remember. 
Yeah, it's really not that different. And yeah, I I really like that that reframe and that question of what is my growth here? Because I think this is one of the biggest areas that I need, I don't know, that I need to work on. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but like that's really where the work is, I feel like, it, which is so ironic as a money coach. I have such such a fear or like a block when it comes to people giving me the money objection. And, and it was really powerful last time when we talked about you know, how much I believe that that the way we deal with our money and handle our money, it impacts our entire life. But yeah. for some reason, it's like when I get on the phone with somebody, uh, it's the caretaker thing too. Gosh, it all shows up. <laughs> it's so frustrating. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, two things really came up for me there. I just want to write this down. Yeah. One is... I'm going to say this first one first because it's like an easy thing to to kind of deal with and then we'll talk about the mindset piece. Mm-hmm. But the first thing that pops up for me there is like almost like the conversation that you can be having more is how you handle money is how you handle life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really powerful content conversation to be mm-hmm. having because I know that's something you believe, but I'm sure that's not something a lot of people are – thinking about in that way. Yeah, I would agree with that. But that's super helpful because you can give so many examples of that. Like if you handle money by like not looking at it, you're probably doing a lot of things like that with life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you handle it by like, you know, just spending it and, you know, not having a plan for it, you're probably doing that in life a lot. Like just being able to show them like getting this piece under control affects so many other things I think would be a really powerful conversation. I do too. I really do. But second to that is the caretaker piece. What I feel like is really important there is to keep being able to make it about what it's about. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is like, it's really not about the money objection. We can build that up so much in our head. Mm-hmm. What it's about is the caretaker piece. Did you listen to that podcast that I did with um, my client, Julia, where we I like, did. read old base camp messages and stuff? I just listened to it yesterday. Yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> okay. So do you remember how we talked about how her thing was like time zones? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she like time zones just felt like the biggest deal in the <laughs> world to her. And if time zones don't feel like a big deal to you, that's like literally almost funny. Mm-hmm. But it's like. She could spend the next three years just spinning out over time zones. <laughs> yeah. And making time zones such a thing. And oh my God, time zones such a thing. It was never about the time zones. It was self-trust, right? Right, right. And so I think maybe that's what's happening a little bit here with the money objection. hmm Where it's like you could really get yourself in a story and really in a place of kind of like getting – all jacked up over like, oh man, the money objection's really hard for me. I really can't overcome the money objection. I really struggle with money objections. Money objections are really tough for my personality. Or, (laughs) right, it could be like, actually, I kind of just am doing that caretaker thing. It's Mm -hmm. really not about the money objection at all. 
So something that I see with almost every client I work with in some way, shape or form is that a lot of times it's not about what it's about, especially if it's a topic or a thing that we're really constantly playing out over and over again. So if you guys haven't listened to the podcast I did with my client, Julia Wells, it's on her podcast. Her podcast is wait, what the fuck WTF. So it's wait comma WTF. We have an episode on there and we talk about time zones, which was what I was mentioning to Rachel. And we talk about how she just like spun out on time zones for so long, but it was never about time zones, right? And in this situation with Rachel, the money objection feels like this really ongoing pervasive problem to her. And it's not really about the money objections, right? So for Julia, it was self-trust. For Rachel, it's caretaking. But it's like these core issues are what show up. And then what a lot of people do is they try to focus on the surface level thing, right? How do I get all these better scheduling systems and better team and da 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 so that time zones aren't a thing? No, right? How do I like find all the scripts for money objections and do all this stuff around money? No, right? It's like, how do I handle the self-trust? How do I handle the caretaking? And then talking about money becomes easier. Dealing with time zones becomes simpler. So I really just want you to notice that here that we all have these things that we really grab onto. And if we keep just serving, solving the surface level problem instead of getting to the root of the issue, we will spin ourselves out and business will feel very difficult. If we continue to bring it down to the surface level issue, even if you have to rework it a hundred times, it's still going to get easier and easier if you focus on the thing it's really about. And so just notice that in yourself. I also did a solo episode two on this concept. So if you're wanting to dive in there a little bit more, feel free to go listen to that. But this is really important. It's never about what it's about most of the time, especially if it feels like a highly charged thing. It's usually about the thing under that. So definitely pay attention to that in your own business. Yeah. Does that feel better or worse? What comes up for you there? No, that feels good. And I mean, even even just a minute ago, as I was talking through it, and it dawned on me, like, this is about caretaking. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, I feel like I, I have to keep catching, catching that, like noticing that and catching that every time that comes up. Because it the caretaker in in me has been strong. And so it, it's like noticing when she tries to come through. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, you again. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And like even, you know, having like a little – that being a little part of your practice before a call – Mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, like, let me get in the right frame here. Let me put the caretaker energy down. Like just the the small little reminder for yourself there could go a long way. Mm-hmm. I like that. So let's let's like literally use that in, in the example of this discovery call you're going to have. Mm-hmm. What would it look like to um, – you know, be able to be able to put that down, let's say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I could put that down, I could, I could fully show up at the in the call because I feel like what's happened in the past is sort of the caretakers listening. I'm sitting there listening to what this potential client is telling me, and yet my response might be a little more filtered because I'm trying to, you know, 
take care of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's that piece of really being able to show up fully and give even more value because I don't have this like filter of, um, you know, oh, well, I don't want to say this because it might offend them. Not that I would ever say anything that offensive, but like, you know, I feel like my, I would, I could be more direct and be more helpful. I mean, be more of value in these, in a discovery call or in a free call. If I don't have the caretaker there, like holding me back a little bit. Mm -hmm. So give me an example of like the direct piece. Like, I know that you don't know what the person's going to say, but like, where are the ways, like, if you look back at the past where you're like, I would have been so much more direct here. Oh gosh. It's funny. I think of the, the woman who is like, I don't see the value in this Mm -hmm. (laughs) after we'd had, I thought what was a really good free call. And so I think there, I could have been more direct in saying, uh, I don't even know how to put it, but like, pointing out the tangible steps I had given her and the fact that that she even reached out and and needs to look at her money but there's fear holding her back or she's you know I don't even know what it was but it was just funny to me that this woman took the time set up a call we had 30 minutes had a productive conversation and then she heard how much it cost and said I don't see the value where I had just given her a ton of value so I feel like I would have been able to better better able to articulate the value of of working with me and that she needed somebody to help her look at her money because it was a mess and it was impacting her life mm-hmm. as she had just shared with me Mm-hmm. So does that feel good when you think about it now? Like the idea of like having that conversation or are you like, I know I should, it just still feels really icky. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a hundred percent comfortable yet, but it's starting, it's starting to feel more comfortable. I think, especially being able to start to recognize when, when I have that, um, the caretaker it's easier just to think of her as like a little person in my head but like when she pops up you know I feel like I can start to recognize that happening um as it's happening so it feels a little bit easier and then there's also the piece of like anytime you have an uncomfortable conversation and you think of everything you would have said after the fact so (laughs) I just need to write down on the things (laughs) so so I'm ready next time Question in terms of like, and, and I don't say this in a pressured way, but just in like mm-hmm. a let's let's really talk about it. Way. In terms of the yeah. mindset work, what's that looking like right now? I know you're probably not feeling like you have space for it, but just give me a little rundown. Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, it's happening, but it's happening and not in the way that I want it to. And again, it goes back to that piece of like not of I just need to shift things around in my schedule so that I can make time for it. It's been interesting though, because of the insomnia, the thing that does help me go back to sleep is to listen to meditations or listen to affirmations. And so I kind of do use that time for a little bit of mindset work because it's easy to plug in my headphones and then fall asleep to affirmations. Mm-hmm. So it's happening. It's sort of happening covertly right now. And then also, like, I did just listen to your that interview with Julia and found it so helpful. 
just like a lot of the mindset work that she was talking about, like acting like she already had what she wanted, like acting like she had the boyfriend already. <laughs> like sitting and listening to that was like, I I started doing it in little pieces of my day, even just in the past day from listening to that interview of like, we got a a bill in the mail and I, you know, started freaking out about it and then realized like, wait a minute, how would I act if I already had all of the clients that I wanted and knew we could cover this medical bill easily? Like this wouldn't bother me. This would be fine. And so like thinking about even sort of that kind of trick of like, you know, I've decided that this business is going to be successful, but what if I act like it already is Mm -hmm. successful? And so that was really helpful to just sort of a reminder of like, you know, putting it in my brain that it's already happened and it's already here. So thank you to Julia and you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Julia. Um, Yeah, totally. Well, I think it's really interesting because it's almost like, and this is the part that we kind of forget sometimes, that it's almost like if I decide, then the almost natural offshoot of that is then I act as if. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But – it's like that's the part we forget sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, well, I decided, but no, I'm like super freaking out right now or I'm super like not convinced that I can act like it's okay or whatever. But it's like – but if I like fully decide, then if I if I can fully act in alignment with that decision, it's interesting how different that can feel, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. So – In terms of that, I mean, I think that's beautiful as it relates to um, mindset. I think the biggest thing for you right now is really doing some mindset work every day around Mm -hmm. the caretaking. And Mm -hmm. so that might even just be like having the Think Up app as something you listen to at night Mm -hmm. when you can't sleep Mm -hmm. that has affirmations around that. I love that. Because – Reworking that piece is pretty much the golden ticket here. Yeah, I think so. What comes up for you there in terms of other things that you could be doing around that? Um, Journaling too. I feel like the other thing that's been on my list, to-do list that I haven't checked off yet is doing that journaling around, um, you know, how would I show up in my business if I didn't caretake so much Mm -hmm. um and actually sitting down and doing that exercise i think will be helpful i really love the think up app and and doing the affirmations at night because that's like the easiest time to do to listen to something yeah when i'm going to bed and especially affirmations which like you have to listen to but you can also be falling asleep (laughs) to them and and it still ingrains in your brain yeah 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 for sure I know when I've journaled in my life, it's been really helpful for me, but that's going to be something that I need to actually have scheduled in my calendar or else it just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. One one thing that pops up for me and all that is like almost like, yes, but how do we make it easier for you? Mm -hmm. Like journaling's great, but if we know that that's just not really happening. Yeah. It's yeah. like, can I just ask myself that question every morning while I, while I brush my teeth even? 
Yeah. I like what that. would my business look like today if I wasn't caretaking? Like, could I even have a sticky note on my mirror? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? That asks that. And that's like, while I'm brushing my teeth and, you know, whatever, picking out my earrings, that's what I think about. So I'm a big believer in finding ways to do what you can. So for example, one of the things that I do all the time is I listen to the Think Up app while I'm walking my dogs. That's just an example, right? Something I already have to do and so I'm putting mindset on top of it. Having Rachel ask those questions or do that mindset work for herself while she's brushing her teeth, that's so helpful for a lot of reasons. One, it doesn't add extra time when you're already really strapped for time. And two, it's associated with a habit that you're already doing. So I'm already in the habit of walking my dogs all the time. So adding the habit of just turning on the Think Up app is really easy. Rachel, of course, is in the habit of brushing her teeth all the time. And so just adding that extra little post-it note on the mirror and that question for her to sit with in those few minutes can be transformative. It's not about, are we putting hours and hours and hours of time into it? Though, if you ask me, I would say, heck yeah, it's, it's gonna be great if you do that too. But it's like doing what we can with what we have, right? So if all you can do is a little bit of mindset work while you're brushing your teeth, that's still better than not doing any. That's actually way, way, way better than not doing any. So if you're someone who's been really feeling like, well, I can't do mindset work because it has to look a certain way and it has to sit with my journal and I have to be able to write uninterrupted for all this time, you're really missing the point, which is that it's not about the context of like, are you sitting quietly with a journal? Although that might be preferred. It's like, are you putting thought, effort, and energy into this every day? Even if it's on top of what you're already doing, like brushing your teeth or walking the dog or doing the dishes or whatever that is for you. So really a challenge to find and carve out that space for yourself on top of things that are already a habit instead of necessarily feeling like you have to make all this space and time for it. Again, that's great if you can, but if it's just totally impossible for you right now, it doesn't mean don't do it. It means find other ways around it, which is why the brushing your teeth thing is such a good example. So try that in your own life and business this week. I like that a lot. And that's easy. Yeah. And I mean, like, again, like journaling's great when you get the time. You know what yeah. I mean? But like we have to figure out like if we if we know we can't always do that reliably, you know, mm-hmm. what what can we do instead? Because it's sort of like the um the timing thing where it's like you still need an hour a day to work, but we can move that hour. It's like you still need time to do this mindset work, but we can move around what that looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. I think, you know, when I tend to think of mindset, I think like, okay, well, I have to do something that takes a lot of time or like I have to do, I don't know. I've always had this like when people talk about doing mindset work too, like, okay, well, I have to have 20 minutes to meditate or I need 30 minutes to journal and it just makes it feel more doable, especially with with the crazy schedule that I already have to think of ways to make it easier. Like mm-hmm. I'd love the post-it note and, and asking myself that question in the morning. Cause I have time to think about it. Mm-hmm. I just might not have time to put it down on paper that morning. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's like the do 
one thing I always say is like, do the best thing, not the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. And that's a total example of that, right? Which is like perfect thing might be like, oh, yes, you have two hours to journal today. But like, what's the best thing, right? Right. (laughs) Which is like at least putting effort into it. Mm -hmm. Because once you do that, you'll catch it faster. That's totally true. You know, so like before you get on a discovery call, you'll be more in the habit of catching it. When it happens, you know, with your content or whatever, you'll be more in the habit of noticing and catching that. And that's really all we're trying to get to Mm -hmm. is being at the point where you catch and and reframe way, way, way quicker. Mm -hmm. And so anything that supports you in doing that, whether it's thinking, writing, whatever, that's what we're about. Yeah. I love that. It's funny because I think, you know, I always want to, <laughs> I always want to do everything. Like if you give me a task, it's like, okay, I want to do it and I want to do it perfectly. And I want to be able to check the box and, and have it off the list. And mm-hmm. so I love that best thing, not perfect thing. Cause I think my tendency is to think like, well, if I can't do it perfectly, then I'll just push it off till I can. And so this is powerful to have have that permission of like, no, just do it the best you can. Yeah. I mean, listen, like, I don't I don't know anyone that can do it perfect every time. Mm-hmm. I certainly can't. <laughs> and I don't have a baby in my belly. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> But, like, I think it's just, like, it doesn't mean these things aren't important. It just means we have to get creative with how they happen. That's Mm -hmm. how I would think about it, right? It doesn't mean writing content's not important. We just may have to get creative where we move it. It doesn't mean, you know, mindset work's not important. We might just have to get creative of what it looks like. And so that's what I would really, like, challenge you with thinking about this week. Like, what are the things I'm putting off? And then how can I get a little more creative there? Mm -hmm. I love that. Is there anything that immediately comes to mind? I mean, I have a whole list of things that I've been putting off. So. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's like sitting down, even writing out the bullets for my um, disc- or for the free call that I'm offering. Like that's been something that's just been sort of looming in my brain. So having that time carved out in a new time spot to actually get it done feels good and, and like the mindset thing, being able to, to get creative with that and and do it in a way that, that I'm, I'm doing that work. It just doesn't look like how I thought it needed to look. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I have, (laughs) I have a funny reflection there and Mm -hmm. feel free to tell me to, um, fuck off too, if it doesn't feel true, but uh, well, reserve your right. Um, (laughs) 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 but, uh, It's almost like the writing of the bullet points would literally take you approximately five minutes. Yeah. So it's probably less happening because of time, although that's definitely part of it, but it's more happening because of the pressure you're putting on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Where if it's feeling like, no, I have to do this like really, really well and perfectly and like to the nth degree or whatever, it's going to feel totally different than like, oh, you know, the babe's distracted for five minutes. Let me get these bullet points down on paper. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I would say that's absolutely true. Because I I do that. I mean, I do it with with anything. I mean, I do it with all 
all my businesses and all my work. It's that like, I just build it up in my mind of um, like, oh God, I've got to get this thing done. And you're right. It'll probably take me five minutes mm-hmm. just to sit down and do it. But I think I... I think I tend to build it up into something that's like, oh, God, I've got to get it perfect and it's got to be exactly right. And and then usually when I sit down and do these things, finally, it it is like, oh, that was easy. That only took a couple minutes and I'm done. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of the buildup and I put a lot of pressure on myself, which has not served me well. So a concept I talk about a lot with my clients is doing the best thing versus the perfect thing. So there is such a tendency for us like high performer, high achievers to think the only thing that exists basically is the perfect thing, right? And we wanna chase that all the time and we feel like, well, if we can't do it perfect, we're just not gonna do it. And that will stall you in business forever right? But if you can be like, well, what's the best thing here? Even if it's not the perfect thing, that's when you start pulling yourself out of that corner you've backed yourself into and really being able to move forward. So that's just a super helpful question to ask yourself, which is like, what's the best thing here? Not the perfect thing, right? So I equate this to working out a lot. It's like, You can go, okay, what's the perfect thing? It's like, you know, I work out twice a day and I do these super hard workouts and I have a personal trainer and I do all this stuff. But like most people, if that's the standard they had to hold themselves to, would just never work out. But if you can ask yourself the question, what's the best thing? It might be like, well, I work out three days a week with like a video at home. That's good, that's great. That's so much more than if you said, well, if I can't do it twice a day with a personal trainer, I just am not gonna do it, right? And business is exactly the same. There are so many things that I do completely and perfectly in business, but they work because I do them, (laughs) right? And so continuing to find that permission to be imperfect and to do the best thing versus the perfect thing is one of the single things I see move people forward the fastest. Of course, you have to get the mindset in check in order to do that. But when you can really be in the question and action of finding what the best thing versus the perfect thing is and then fully executing on that, it is wild what results that you can see. And that's so important for Rachel right now because she just doesn't have time or capacity to do the perfect thing. And so then it either means just not doing it, which of course is not what she wants, or it means having to find the best alternative. And that's what we're gonna keep focusing on here. So I hope that that concept really helps you in your business and that you can really start asking yourself that question. Like, it might not be the perfect thing, but what's the best thing? And when you can answer that more and more and execute to that, things will really shift. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it, it's almost like that's the um, the kryptonite of being a business mm-hmm. owner is the pressure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's so funny, right? Because we did our live stream the other day mm-hmm. in in the Love and Loaded community, where you know to to introduce you, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. And I asked you so many random on the fly questions, <laughs> and you did such a killer job of like answering them and being present. And I feel like that was like a really good, a really good live stream. And I think people really, really loved it and enjoyed it. And so I use that as an example to say, like, it's almost like when you show up and let yourself just kind of do it imperfectly, it's working really well for you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thank you. Yeah, that felt really good. And that was really fun. Like I got off the live stream and, and felt energized, like, oh, that was great. And that was so much fun. And, and then to see the feedback from the comments Mm -hmm. was, was also like another little boost. And so I think, you know, I think you're right when I, when I can just show up without, without the filter, without all the pressure, you know, just, just be me. It it does make everything easier. When you, uh, when you were in school, like, did you do a project to the nth degree or did you uh, like try to cut corners? Oh no, I was the project person and I was, I was horrible in a group project because I would totally take over. (laughs) (laughs) No cutting corners. No cutting corners. Yeah. That, um, that might just be like a fun thing to play with here. Which is, like, almost create, like, that another persona there. Like, if I was the person who cut corners in a group project, (laughs) what would I do with my content? Yeah. Like, just really playing with that idea. I think, in large part, I think it's still connected to the caretaker piece. But we can definitely keep talking about the pressure piece a little bit more. But yeah. Just, like, so much permission to do it really messy and really imperfectly Mm -hmm. because that's the only way you're getting through the next few months it's totally true yep it's just to let it be a little messy and I'll Mm -hmm. tell you this I'm sure I've shared this before in some other way but like almost all of my clients that have the quick growth like I can almost directly attribute it to that Mm -hmm. Which is like they were just willing to let it be messy so that they could grow fast. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to grow fast and have it be perfect. Mm -hmm. Like really hard. (laughs) Yeah. Because like we just only have so much bandwidth as humans. And so I don't necessarily mean you're going to like underserve your clients or anything, but I just mean everything else. It's going to be like, listen, this content's imperfect and that's what it is. Listen, like – the mindset work's happening while I'm brushing my teeth, and that's totally good enough. You know, the bullet point is happening while, you know, I have five minutes and not 50. Like, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Does that feel okay to try, or does that feel, like, kind of triggering? No, that feels good to try. I think I've always wanted permission to be a little imperfect and messy, <laughs> so it seems... It actually sounds fun. Yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just going to write that down. It really is quite fun. Mm-hmm. Especially because you're always surprised then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm mm-hmm. so surprised on the stuff that I let myself just do really, really messy. How then people are like, oh, my God, that was amazing. I'm like, really? (laughs) Are you sure? Or the things that I like perfect to the nth degree, people are like neutral about. And I'm like, right. You have to be kidding me. Like I work so. So it's like you can just never predict response when you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying. And so you like the more you can give yourself permission to just be like, I'm never going to be able to like make it so perfect that it works out perfect all the time. Sometimes I'm going to hit a home run. Sometimes I'm not. And like, that's sort of the game in business. And it's just being able to make it as easy for yourself as possible on the way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think it's really true. And I think it, you know, it's just, it's just sort of that shift from 
also, you know, since I have this sort of duality of two businesses and one of them is very much like everything has to be perfect. So it's kind of fun to have the business that I that I love and that I'm passionate about to be the one that I can have fun with and be messy and be imperfect with because, I mean, I'm really only answering to myself. So so there's that freedom there too. Yeah. And it's like that's kind of half the point of starting this business or you could just stay in mm-hmm. PR. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, so it's like, dang, you might as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So play with that this week. Really keep me posted in Basecamp how that's feeling. Um, If you're like looking at a task and you're like, man, this is feeling really overwhelming, like reach out to me about that. Let's figure out how to make that feel better and find like best versus perfect solution to it. And we'll go from there. Does that feel good? That feels good. Beautiful. All right, my dear. I'll talk to you soon. Keep me posted. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let-up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset, strategy, and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.